Hey, Hockey Moms, welcome back to another exciting episode of the Blue Line Hockey Club. And now a word from tonight's sponsor. When you're looking for authentic Southwest food using homemade ingredients that are fresh, never frozen, be sure to go to Hot Tamale in Potsdam, Canton, and Ogdensburg. Since 2010, Hot Tamale's motto has been homemade, healthy, and in a hurry. Made right in front of you with a choice of over 20 toppings. Each day, your Hot Tamale serves up a different special. Today is family night. Buy three burritos or quesadillas and get the fourth free. And free is good. Check out their $5 and under menu at your Hot Tamale in Potsdam, Canton, and Ogdensburg. Welcome back to the Blue Line Hockey Club, episode 19. We have the usual suspects with us tonight. Patrick Uncle Artie Sullivan from Asheville, North Carolina, with a bat. Woo-ha! <laughs> and our local nerd on staff, Robbie Pete Peters, coming in from Canton, New York. Robbie, what's going on? Hey, how's your mom, man? And our all-around sports guru, Derek Hitu, coming in from Canton. Hey, Derek, what's up? What's up, boys? train and your host tonight mark the doctor morley yeah. special guest with us tonight mike mckenna just uh coming off a great ahl season recently signed with the ottawa senators what's up mike hey guys thanks for having me on yeah man it's great um so some of us have watched you play actually up in st lawrence where you know all canton boys not all live in canton now but we actually had some uh times in appleton arena Getting to see you between the pipes, so I you miss uh, Canton, New York. Play, Mike. Well, you guys must be uh, must be old, and I mean old in a very gracious way because it's been a while. And <laughs> I do, man, I do miss I miss Canton every day. I think really because I have such fond memories of it. I met my wife there, and we just had, I mean, just so much fun. And I mean, all the memories of being on campus and playing the games and two in the morning you know, pizza rolls and just all that stuff, man. It's, I miss the place. I love it. I love going back whenever I get the chance. So yeah, fond memory in our heart. Nothing yeah, like so a fat bag. Nothing like a fat bag and uh Tuesday blues, dollar beers and, and good night ladies at the Hootow. I'm sure you have some fond memories of that place. Yeah. You know, it's the hoot I really didn't get to until junior year, almost until, uh, I mean, I'm, I guess maybe I'm glad to say I was of age. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he forces you to be 21. Yeah, but really, like senior year, especially, think about blues and everything at the food was, and just such a cool and unique place, you know. And and there's the nostalgia that's associated with it is that nothing there was like super nice. It's just purely the experience, and that's what sticks out in your mind, you know. And I just loved it, man. I have so many good memories from from Canon, from St. Lawrence. Yeah, and they're actually uh, going to be doing an upgrade to Appleton Arena. I think they're actually doing it right now. Derek, you're, you live around the corner. Is that going on? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure they, that they've quite started it yet, but I do know there's going to be uh, you know a significant little expansion and upgrade to that uh, the facility. But they're, I know their goal is kind of to keep the nostalgia of the uh, you know the old wooden rink, you know, like you know with the wooden stands and everything like that. So I'm not exactly sure what all is entailed, but there is some major upgrades going to go on. Yeah, guys, I know a little bit about it from being on the alumni uh, executive council. And it's one of those things where they're trying as hard as they can to make sure they keep the, not just the integrity, but the tradition of the wood beams of Appleton Arena and that super unique wooden structure, but update it, modernize it, glorify it. You know, so like I think the front of the building is going to kind of be all glass and show everything off and just be 
a really cool, cool design. They've, they've got a good company involved doing it. They've done some amazing stuff with a few minor league arenas, and they've renovated, I think, a few uh, big league ones too. But it's exciting, and especially like what they're going to do. I think they're proposing all sorts of new stuff for build outs in terms of like weight room and, and things like that that will help attract student athletes. Yeah, I think it'll be great for recruiting and, um, you know, they're doing some amenities for the fans and stuff like that, a little bit more amenities for uh, spectators. And, of course, Clarkson had to uh, announce a renovation like a week after St. Lawrence did. So they got oh, yeah, I'm sure that place, that place will just continue <laughs> to be a concrete dungeon no matter what. I don't know who would ever want to play there. <laughs> That's their yeah. choice. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, Appleton Arena, definitely. I mean, playing there, it's kind of a unique experience. Um for, for you St. Lawrence guys, that tradition goes goes way back. And um, I mean, from Joe Marsh, uh, you know, he was there for so many years and just the, the history there is is awesome. So Joe Marsh. Joe Marsh. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Marsh. Yeah, we could tell stories about him all day. Um, it, and, and I mean, in a good way, obviously, but uh, right. it was a, it's a unique place to play. And I know I rag on Clarks and everybody does, but really that rivalry was is half the reason why people go to either of those schools, really, you know, just to see the whole North Country involved and going bananas, lighting fireworks in the middle of the winter four games. And uh, it's just, it's a cool experience up there. Yeah, you're pretty much there, like from when you get there to when you leave is winter. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, guys, like I, I'm coming from St. Louis, Missouri. So, I, I mean, I when I came to school, I basically skipped spring and fall. You know, I would leave it at summertime. And I'd get to school and I'm wearing a hoodie and I had no fall at all. And then I'd leave and it would like snow the day before I left leaving campus and I'd get home and I'd see this progression as I was going through New York of bare trees to trees with leaves to green leaves to driving through tornado warnings and severe thunderstorms and finally I was home. That's what my year was every time. Yeah. Hit, hit everything. So being oh, from St. Louis, we've had um, a couple younger guys on the, on the show. Um, Brady Kachuk and uh, Clayton Keller, and uh, help me out, guys. Who else do we Joe just Wall. have on? Joe Wall. Oh, yeah, Joe Wall. Yeah. So, I mean, was that hotbed kind of developed in the last uh, like ten years before your time? I mean, what was St. Louis like when you were going through minor hockey? When I was going through minor hockey, nobody, nobody knew what to expect. No one had ever done it before from St. Louis. We hadn't had. I mean, I'm an 83 birth year, so I'm 35. Nobody from St. Louis had ever played in the NHL when I was born and growing up. We'd had, before my draft year, which was 2002, uh, there were four of us drafted that year. But before that, there had been four people ever drafted out of St. Louis to the NHL, ever. And we had a smattering of guys that had played college hockey, but no one had ever really moved on past minor leagues. And so we just didn't even know, man. Like I, I was, I truly, and I mean this wholeheartedly, I was just playing for the fun of it my whole life. Like I didn't have aspirations of getting to junior and then college and then pro. Like I just kind of went one step at a time. And so what ended up happening is that myself, um, the first guy from St. Louis was Cam Jansen that ever made it. We had Cam Jansen, Jan Stastny, Paul Stastny, Ben Bishop, uh, Brandon Bullock, my stuff, like on down the line of these guys who were, 83 to 86 birth years. And then, man, like the Kachuk family, Keith Kachuk, Al McKennis, Jeff Brown, all these guys started coaching in St. Louis. And the next thing you know, three years ago, we had five first rounders. And I mean, it's, it's insane what's happened, man. Hockey in St. Louis has legitimately become 
one of the go-to places you recruit from. And I'm so proud of it considering, you know, when I grew up, my grandpa started, was one of like a half dozen guys in St. Louis who started hockey in the fifties. And now all of a sudden we got five first rounders and, you know, 70 high school teams and, you know, 25 <laughs> right. feet to ice town. It's just, it's incredible, man. I'm, I'm so proud of our city. It's, it's come a long way. Have you been going back to uh, St. Louis and helping out with any kind of camps or clinics or anything like that? Yeah, I did. And you mentioned Joseph Wool, right? The goaltender. You had him on, is that what you're saying? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So Joseph, um, somebody I've coached since he was 10 years old, you know? So I did my first year pro when I was in the ECHL. I started my own goalie camp. I did it for two or three years. And then I merged with another guy here in town and we ran that camp for a decade. And he's still running it. But this year and the previous year, what ended up happening was I fortunately made it to the finals in the American League twice in a row, which ruined my whole summer in terms of coaching and other stuff like that. So um, I had to step away from doing that, which I, I regret, but I needed to do just for my own sanity to get away from the rink and have some time with my family. So I'd like to think I've been kind of part of those kids moving up and along, especially the police from the area. But really, there's a there's a whole bunch of people that have made it happen. Nice, awesome, yeah. So you kind of uh, you kind of been you know all over the place, uh, Mike. So want to talk about a little bit about your you know kind of your journey from St. Louis to kind of where you're at now. I mean, it includes a lot of teams, but uh, kind of give a brief synopsis of where you've been. Oh, guys, I mean, this was supposed to be 20 minutes. I, don't, I mean, we need an hour and a half for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess the lot, the short of it is that I've only been traded once, yet I've worn about 17 jerseys or something crazy like that 13 years ago. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I didn't get traded until the year before last. That had never happened in my career. So what ended up happening is that I was a draft pick in Nashville while at St. Lawrence, but I didn't sign with Nashville coming out of school. And it was kind of an odd year. It was a coming out of a lockout year, 2004-05. They weren't signing a lot of people, and so... I ended up a free agent in Las Vegas. Well, and it basically did two years there. I was up and down in the American League on a couple of PTOs with teams. But after that, it just turned into one-year deal after one-year deal because I was never on an entry-level contract with anybody. I didn't get my first NHL contract until my fourth year pro. Um, and that was midway through the season with Tampa Bay Lightning in February. So I was too old for an entry-level, and I was never anybody's prospect. And what ended up happening is I just started bouncing around from team to team because no one had a vested interest in me, but I kept out playing their goaltender, their prospect. So I kept getting jobs, but then again, I was never the guy that was being pushed to go to the NHL. So it was kind of this like dual-edged sword. It was like, man, I, am I ever going to get a chance here? And I'm, I keep out playing guys, but it doesn't matter because I'm not the prospect. And so it's just kind of how things went. I've been through a lot of organizations over the years and like, I don't hold any grudge against that at all. I mean, I've had an amazing career and friends and people all over the place and stories like you wouldn't believe. I mean, we <laughs> signed like the Volvo on the side of the Chesapeake Bay bridge one year, you know, I mean, things like this have come up, but, um, it's, it's been a wild ride through a lot of places. And, you know, the only like, long-term chance I got in the NHL was with Tampa Bay. And that was my, fourth year pro and it was one of those shotgun scenarios where I'd never even played an NHL preseason game and all of a sudden I was in the NHL and playing in February and sure. you know I played 15 games that year and 
first off, I don't think I was completely ready for it because I didn't have that experience. And then second, that team went off an absolute cliff. It was the year Barry Melrose got fired. Um, they forced Gary Roberts into retirement. They traded Mark Brecky. They did all these things. And so the team wasn't great when I was there for the last part of the, part of the season. And, you know, my numbers reflected it. And myself, too, admittedly, I wasn't ready for it. And, you know, from that point forward, it's been a battle because that's where the bulk of my NHL games have been, even though that was 10 years ago. Most of my numbers in the NHL reflect that more than anything. So, um, yeah, been a lot of places. I mean, uh, I can give you the grand tour of the U.S. pretty easily. And I can tell you where to, I can tell you where to eat in just about any city in North America. <laughs> Yeah, Mike, I, I see you give some uh, su- suggestions on Twitter on where to eat around uh, around St. Louis and all over the country. Um, we know it's tough to be a goalie in the NHL. It, you know, it's just a lot of goalies get bounced around unless you're, um, you know, Patrick Waugh or Marc-Andre Fleury. Congrats on your year, though, Mike. You're, you know, Mike was the Calder Cup runner-up. Mike, I want to touch on, though, your leg pads. You, you sent a tweet out to everyone to uh, – kind of come up with the design and to help you um, design your leg pads. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so if, if people out there aren't familiar with it, I've worn Bauer gear since junior hockey. So we're going on like 20 years here. Don't really want to date myself, but that's the truth. It's been two decades worth of the same company, more or less. And Bauer's been really good to me. I like to think I've been decently good to them, uh, staying loyal, but... Um, the thing is now that Bauer can literally print anything on pads. They can digitally print any design on a pair of pads. And so all the rules are out the window when it comes to pad design of what traditionally it was. And so I figured, hey, you know, I've kind of got an idea of what I like and what I want, but I'll open it up to people out there. And if anybody can design it, man, that'd be awesome. And Yeah, that's cool. You know, and, so, and I, it's funny because my whole intention with this is that hopefully the fans would get engaged, and especially people in Ottawa or Belleville would feel like they're part of the process. And, you know, hopefully I pick somebody from there who I like their design, and we kind of modify it and go with it. And and then, of course, you get the one curmudgeon out there who, like, decides that he's going to s- just skewer me on social media because apparently I'm trying <laughs> to get – I'm literally trying to cultivate – free design work or free graphic art. <laughs> yeah. I remember, right. reading, I remember reading this guy's tweet and I was literally like, this is a, a fun opportunity for a nine-year-old kid to design a pair of pads on a napkin and you're going to get salty about somebody who's volunteering a graphic design who's not getting paid for it. I just was, I couldn't believe it. It's just any somebody will show up turn a good thing on social media to a negative in some way. Somebody will find a way to do it every time. I, I just think it's a great standpoint if I was the GM of the Senators, just having players, you know, communicating with the fans and doing something as cool as this with the fans. It's great for the Ottawa Senators and you. Congrats on that, man. That's cool to do that. Yeah, well, and for me, I've always used it, and I think I've used it well, and I – I really, truly believe, and I come from a background where my, okay, so my dad raced open wheel race cars, right? Like Indy cars is what he did. And I love that stuff. That's my other passion in life is this type of racing. Well, that little section of society has used social media from the day it started. And they've done it so well. And they cultivate a following. And it's for teams, it's players. And so many people think that we're just robots and they have no idea about our personality. They don't know who we are. 
And I, I just find that social media, if you use it right and you be professional, that it's such a good way for people to actually get to know you as a person and to find common ground. And ultimately, it helps grow the game. It lets people latch on to players who are a favorite or somebody they'd like to see when they come to town. And, you know, and nothing else. It's just fun to do. Like, it's fun to interact with people. And, I mean, granted, I'm not Carey Price, but I, at most of my interactions, almost all of them were really positive on social media, you know? Like, even in the Calder Finals, I didn't have people from Toronto chirping me or <laughs> you know what I mean like, like tell me how bad I thought that my dog was going to die or something like it was just it really wasn't like that yeah. um, which makes me think that one Canada has really good people um, and two I'm still the jury's out on the US but Canada has really good people and you know social media can still be fun if you use it the right way you know and not overuse it <laughs> There's but Mike, did you did you did you buy the ten dollar ninety nine cent cardamom for the for the, your uh, recipe the other night? Oh yeah, I bought it. God yeah, I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it was you necessary, know, like you were saying. So, and what's so funny about that is that I could have driven another two miles out of my way to Whole Foods or to like a, a Middle East Indian market right down the road and probably gotten a few tablespoons of the stuff. But man, I had my daughter in the car, and I just wasn't gonna go make another stop just for this one ground spice. And so I just bit the bullet. I just figured, whatever, man. I'll put it in the pantry. I'll probably use it sparingly, but I'm just not going out of my way for another stop. <laughs> yeah, we know. We know how that is. We have kids. Some of us. Well, all of us have kids too. So it's like yeah. drive through. Yeah, we're going drive through. So yeah. A, uh, as a goalie, um, you know, superstitions come into play a lot. Do you have any crazy superstitions that you have before games? No, man, I have none. I think that's an absolute waste of time and mental energy. So, sorry, next question. <laughs> uh, well, good, good, because I'm, I'm ready for it. You know, you said you were 35. We're, you know, almost 40 as well. So older. as an older, you know, athlete in general, what do you do pre to prepare for, you know, for the season? What are you doing to get ready for Ottawa? Mountain biking. Actually, yeah, mountain biking is a big part of it for me, and I do it in a really restrained way. Like, if I see rocks that are big, I get off the bike. Um, but, <laughs> I, you know what, man? Honestly, I think maybe six, five, six, seven years ago, if you, like, if you look at my hockey database, you'll see that there's one glaring season that was terrible. And <laughs> after that year, I put the gear away for, like, three months, and I didn't even touch the ice. And... I just went, I worked out, I did other things, I played other sports in the summer, and I came back and I felt so fresh and I had a good year after it. And that's what I've done ever since. And now, like, this year and last year are odd because, you know, going to the finals, I mean, I really didn't get home until the beginning of July here, so my workout started, like, two weeks ago. And so for me this year, it's really just about trying to get my body a little bit stronger and, and work out the kinks that I had throughout the year and just get back, you know, maintain my playing shape more than it is anything else. But previously, I'll, I'll be flat around with you. I, I've stayed away from the ice, and I've tried to find a routine that works for me that doesn't completely blow me out before the season because I've had a really nice track record of never – I've never missed a game in my life to a good injury, ever. So um, We're knocking that wood. Well, I know, but I've been knocking on it for a decade, and people have been telling me that. So, 
or I, I hate saying that because I feel like I'm due for like some massive injury at some point. But I mean, after getting fat free for 20 years of hockey or, or, or 30 years of hockey, I'll take it. But um, I, I think we just have to find what works best for you. Like I lift, I lift four days a week. I ride my bike 30 to 50 miles, and that's really about it. And when I get close to the season. Uh, by the end of August, then I will start skating again just to get my, my timing back and start tracking bucks. But it's nothing crazy, man. I just just kind of stick to the routine I've had for a couple of years. So, Mike, what was the uh, Calder Cup like uh, playing in that? Was it a crazy atmosphere? Yeah, and it's funny how both years that I went, I mean, I went the last two years and with different teams, uh, which is, which is amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. Like, I remember when I saw the American League sent out that the last person to do that was Olaf Kolzig in like 93 or something, which ex-teammate of mine, no big deal. But, um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it was a really cool stat and I didn't even think about it. So, um, cool. it, it was, you know, both years that I went Grand Rapids and Syracuse, the rink was sold out every game. And then this year I went Toronto, Texas, the rinks were sold out every game. And I, I really can't, tell you where the best atmosphere was because it was just so crazy. I mean, it was real. I will say this. It was really, really intense in Syracuse and Grand Rapids. And not that it wasn't intense in, in Texas and, and Toronto, but it was like crazy intense in Syracuse where we hit like 120 decibels, which is like louder than a motorhead copter, you know, <laughs> and that old, that old building was just crazy. So I'd never experienced it before. And being a part of it really makes you appreciate how special it is to go that far and just the level it takes to play, you know, just what it takes to play at that level, you know, like the level of preparation before every game this year was heightened even more. Every game was on NHL network. People were, I mean, literally millions of people were watching games five, six, seven, and you got to prepare for it and you got to try to win. And I, I just thought it was the ultimate, test and the most rewarding thing in the world even though i didn't yeah i didn't and my team didn't win the last two years i mean what an experience it 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 sucks to lose but it's just so amazing to be there and to experience it and be part of it and i, I hope you i get the most you, know? you grow the most when you lose and, and it's a hard, the hardest message to take but you you do grow the most in that loss yeah and you know, it's funny. I mean, the, the year with Syracuse a year ago, I think that it was almost harder because um, the series with Grand Rapids was really even. It just came down to some couple, you know, a couple bounces and puck luck. And, like, we lost in game six, but, man, we really had a really good chance at winning that. Like, I thought it was a really even series. And our team in Syracuse was absolutely stacked, too. Like, we had a good chance of winning that. And then this year in Texas, not that we didn't have a very good team, which we did, it's just that we, we kind of snuck our, we didn't sneak, but we made playoffs. And then we, we just kept beating teams that people weren't giving us a chance to beat. And we were this underdog, which was so cool because we didn't have any pressure with us. And, you know, when we lost out this year, it almost wasn't as crushing as the year before, just because there weren't those expectations, you know, and that may seem weird, but I guess in the moment you kind of, you might know what it means if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, definitely, man. That's, uh, you know, something that's going to be um, part of your history for the rest of your life as far as playing the Calder Cup. That's pretty awesome, man. Hey, on a lighter yeah. note, um, so being a little bit older, you know, we're older guys, 
and we're interviewing a bunch of younger guys in the league now. And do you find that you have a lot of differences with some of the younger guys, like these guys playing Fortnite all the time? Oh, they play Fortnite. They listen like <laughs> music does not music doesn't include a guitar and drums anymore. Those are foreign <laughs> objects. Uh, you know, the guys from Sweden all wear like these tight jeans and capris and just. I mean, just, <laughs> I feel mildly lost, but I try my best to at least. I try to keep up with the guys and at least make them laugh every now and then, and not be the old guy who doesn't even know how to use a phone. You know, and. So, I at least think that I've kind of got a leg up on them on social media, and that's about the only thing I have technology or <laughs> anything else-wise that's, that's close to them. Because, like, I'm not, I wasn't a gamer even when I played. I've never been a gamer in my life. But even people our age, you know, are gamers. That's just not my thing. But, yeah, man, like, the things they, they talk about with that, and it's just funny, man. It, it, and honestly, it's fun to sit in the corner of the room and listen to the guys talk about their night out or, or chasing girls or anything because... I mean, we all remember what that was like when we were younger, and he kind of like sometimes, sometimes you kind of have like a sense of pride, like yeah, this guy's doing well for himself, or you know, there's another guy in the room that you thought, man, yeah, maybe we can give this guy some tips, or <laughs> yeah. So, hey, anybody I mean, listen to uh, any uh, Swedish death metal like you like in the league anymore, or no? Oh yeah, that's all I listen. All I listen to is metal. It is. I I know it's completely abnormal, and that's my thing. <laughs> It's like I listen to nothing but metal, and people always people always <laughs> ask me like, "How do you listen to that?" Like, it just, that would make me want to kill people. I'm like, "No, man. Like, this is just what I like. I don't have. I'm not an angry person. I'm a super laid back person. I don't have some crazy emotional attachment to it. It's just I like the guitars. I like the drums. I like I like what it's about, man. That's what I like. It's it's yeah. fast. It's aggressive. It's it's just what I'm into. It's no different than somebody who's who's a deadhead or who's, you know, super into Pearl Jam or something. I'm just, I just happen to be into black little bands from Norway. It's just what I like. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hey, Mike, we won't keep you much longer. I just wanted to ask you one more question before we get you going. And um, so what is your plans for camp and with Ottawa? And are you going to be moving out of the St. Louis area for the season? Yeah, we'll be headed up there. Um, I don't know exactly when they're going to have us report for camp, but I mean, that's almost always September between September, like 12th and 15th or whatever. So we'll head up. Uh, my, my in-laws, my wife's actually from Adirondack, which is Queensbury, New York, Lake George, you know, Albany, that area, which people, I'm sure you guys are fully aware of where that is. Um, so what we'll end up doing is moving everything with my kids up there. You know, they'll live there for maybe a week during training camp and then we'll all move into a house. Uh, in Belleville, presumably. I mean, you never know. It could be Ottawa. You never know what will happen with this stuff. Um, but I'm, yeah. I'm not naive. I, mean, I was trying to be in Belleville to start the year, at least. But um, So, yeah, rent a house in Belleville, move everybody in. My five-year-old will go to Canadian kindergarten and find out what that's all hey. about. Maybe, maybe learn a little bit of French. <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll drink maple, maple syrup by the gallon and have a jolly <laughs> <laughs> yeah, eat some poutine. You'd be ready to roll. Yeah, have a beaver tail, you know. Yeah, you know, <laughs> skate on the we're canal. Looking, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to it. You know, I mean, I've played every year of my career in the U.S. and so Canada's just something, something new and different. We're looking forward to it. Yeah, it'll be nice to be close to St. Lawrence. We definitely plan on whether it's Christmas or All Star break or whatever. Whenever we get a chance, we're definitely going to swing past Canton and see all our see all old friends and professors and get a tear in her eye when we go down Ramota Drive and 
Walter Appleton. <laughs> go to the TikTok. Oh, oh. Well, if, we can pull, if we can pull it off, we can find a sitter. We'll, we'll do it. <laughs> yeah, so Mike, uh, we really appreciate you coming on. Um, you know, we are re very close to Ottawa, um, where we live here. So we'll hopefully get to catch you in, in Ottawa this season. And uh, thanks for coming on tonight. We really appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Mike. It's my pleasure. Yeah, thanks a ton for having me on. That was fun, guys. Thanks, Mike. Uh, best, Good luck this yeah. year, bud. Good luck. Good luck. Year. Thank you very much. We'll be watching. I always need it. Yeah, can't ever have enough luck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike McKenna with us here tonight from, uh, well, from the uh, Texas Ducks, I believe. Was it Texas Ducks? Correct me on that one, fellas. AHL. Texas and, Stars. Uh, Texas Stars. All right, I don't know, I'm reading some... Uh, reading some clips that Robbie had up there, but awesome interview with Mike tonight. We can't wait to see what happens with him in Belleville and the Ottawa senators this upcoming season. And, uh, you know, we're pulling for him and hopefully we can get to get up to Ottawa and watch him play. It's tough being a goalie in the NHL. You know, his story reminds me of the goalie of, uh, the Minnesota wild, uh, Dubnik. He was at a point where he gave it up and just was going to move home and, do the normal nine to five and um, he finally got a break with Minnesota and you got to be really good to be, to play up in the show or the AHL and uh, keep your job. I just yeah, wanted to say 31 teams, you know, 31 well, teams, 62 goalies, you know, it's not a lot of is, room to get break in. Well, not everybody's career is, uh, you know, the nice glamorous path. It's nice to see a real person who, worked hard for a decade and is getting another shot at the show. And hopefully we get to watch him for a couple more years, you know, good on him. Yeah. Same age as Jimmy Howard, Jimmy Howard's still playing up in Detroit, you know, at a high level. Um, you know, you have people in the league actually playing at 40 years old now, which is incredible. So, um, you know, he's got some time left in the league for sure. We have a uh, sponsor tonight from two, four hockey. Any of you guys get your gear from two, four hockey yet? Oh, yeah. I, I did. I got a, the new hat. I'm actually wearing it right now. Actually, no, I got my USA hockey hat on, but uh, I did get a new hat from 2-4 Hockey. It's actually pretty cool. Do you guys check out any of their uh, stuff on the website? Yeah, they're, yeah they have they've got a lot of cool stuff. I'm going to be getting some stuff myself. Uh, I, I just saw it for the first time, really, and uh, you know they've got a, a lot of nice gear there. A lot of cool, if you're into hockey stuff, T-shirts, hats. I mean, it's a lot of cool stuff here. You know, secure website. You can pay with a credit card on a secured site. You're you're good to go here. Should we should we hope that people are into hockey if listening to us? Or yeah, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully. Yeah, check out two hockey dot com. Yeah, you're looking at two four hockey. Yes, big fans here at the Blue Line Hockey Club. Two four hockey. Uh, a great story they have of how they created that company, and uh, the owner has been great to Blue Line Hockey Club hooking us up with uh, gear and hats and shirts and all that kind of good stuff. So get on uh, 24hockey.com and, and check out all the, the cool stuff that they have. And if you're a hockey guy, you need to get this gear. Yep, pretty soon, yeah. guys, we're, we're going to have uh, – we'll be able to present you guys with a quick reference code for 10% off. Uh, we're, we're working on that for our, for our viewers, so you'll get a discount if you buy anything. So uh, – you know, buy some stuff. It's uh, it's nice gear. 
delivered in Canada and the U.S. So, in Russia, collusion. But last week we didn't uh, talk about uh, Ray Emery dying. Most people now, you know, know about Ray Emery died in a um, drowning accident in Lake Ontario um, near Belleville, and um, it's pretty sad. Um, kind of was just hanging out with uh, all his buddies and it was diving in the same spot as all his friends were and uh he never surfaced and uh he passed away so uh a lot of people have been just uh talking about that a lot of nhl players current and former nhl players um were at his awake and i want to say don cherry was there too so it's just uh sad young good guy did a lot from the community passed away unexpected unfortunately yeah, that's sad to see. Um, 35 years old, obviously gone way too young. Another goalie in the league still playing at 35. But, uh, you know, that's it's the drowning accidents that are always just so strange. I don't really understand how that that seems to happen to people. You know, I think Pat said it before. There's some kind of water god out there that sucks people up too yeah. early. Yeah, we got a good Always friend. hear about somebody. We got a good friend that went in the St. Lawrence River in Alex Bay and uh, – you know, it's just one of those things that you can't explain. Just I jumped think. off a dock and never came back. So, never I mean, it's back. almost like something pulls you in. Kind of weird. Our boy Hutch, huh? Gotcha. Hutchy. What are the Yanks doing? I see the Yankees. Yankees. They Yankees. lost today. Fuckers. Yeah, they've been. They're they're kind of struggling. They've. Uh, I don't know what the hell the deal is with them. Honestly, they you play hundred. You know, in a slump a little bit, aren't you? They, they are, but, I mean, they, they keep slumping, and the Red Sox just keep winning. I think they're going to be six or seven games back now. I mean, so it's like uh, you got a team that the Yankees is fucking stacked. I mean, come on. I mean, you got, they, they had Gleyber Torres come back today, so um, obviously he's probably going to be a little bit rusty just coming back off the DL. But, I mean, top to bottom, not a lot of excuses. They just picked up uh, a closer from the Baltimore Orioles. Zach uh, Britton. Yeah, nasty. Britton. He is nasty. He got a wicked sinker, kind I mean, of. Well, who's the last? Who's the last sinker ball thrower for the Yanks? Was that was Mariano, right? He used to throw a pretty good little uh, split finger that sank too. But I don't know. I don't know why they're kind of slumping. Yeah, Chapman. Uh, Chapman and uh, this Brenton guy. Now it's going to be lights out. Listen, baseball is. We've talked said it a hundred times. Like two years in a season, it's just so many games. So. I mean, bats cool down, bats get hot, bats cool down. So I'm, I'm, I'm the guy that always says in all sports, actually, it's kind of weird that I like to see a team lose a little bit before playoffs because I think that cycle comes back around where if the team's hot right before playoffs, they tend to lose in playoffs where the team that's kind of down kind of does better in playoffs. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Pat. You're right. You're right. I don't. Yeah, I don't want to be on a down cycle coming into October. I want to be on that upswing for sure. Well, I mean, that's what I just said. Uh, sometimes that upswing sometimes brings you down. You lose because you're bound to lose some games. You know, it's baseball. You right. Win, but like, Derek's saying is that the Yankees, and then you lose. The Yankees are in a they're down slump now. They're going to have time to rebound, come out of it, and if the Red Sox are peaking at the end of the season and come down, I would rather be in the Yankee situation where they yeah, yeah. are swinging back up in September and October versus falling back down. 
I just can't wait for October for the playoff baseball in the American League, American League East, Yankees, Red Sox. Yeah, I mean, I, I rarely watch a baseball game during the year, but when the playoffs come, I, I'll watch the playoffs for sure. It'd be crazy. Hey, another I exciting uh, uh, Daryl Strawberry on my on my plane. He was on my plane from uh, Orlando to North Carolina. Oh yeah, is that the one you smoked crack in the crack in the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> First time he smoked cracked in the airplane bathroom. That you couldn't the, get him on the show, huh? That was the first. Who hasn't done that? Who hasn't cracked in an airplane? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, guys, uh, that's pretty cool that you saw Daryl Strawberry. It's unfortunate he's not coming on the show, but maybe yeah. the next time you run, we'll get him on. We're still, we're still working on it. I'll, I'll keep working on that. It's a cold lead right now, though. More uh, exciting news in the sports world is uh, this past weekend at the Open, uh, Tiger Woods being in first place for a stint on Sunday wearing the red and black. Um, I know for me, I turned the TV on and started watching right away when he was winning. And uh, that gave me a little life again to watch golf, you know, because I've been kind of on the back the back a little bit, not watching golf because Tiger's been shit in the bed. But, I mean, I watched uh, – I watched on Sunday for sure because, you know, when Tiger's winning, I watch golf. So what do you guys I think of that? I, I, st- I stopped over at, uh, well, our in-laws' house, Mark, and they, mm-hmm. turned the t- they turned the TV on, and it was uh, Tiger was in first place, and I was like, am I reading this correctly? Or, is, is, it, yeah, is this real? I mean, what's Replay? going on here? And I was like, I, I started thinking to myself, fuck, I got I to gotta text Mark, I got to text Pat, I got to text Rob, like, you guys watching this shit? But... It did. I, I know he didn't last there long, but it was, uh, you know, he kind of. I think shortly after I turned him on, he was in first. He dropped the double bogey like two or three holes yeah. later, or something like well, that. Dude, but I think it was a good guy that sent something out. Somebody saying that these guys, Mickelson and Woods, they're never going to win another major championship again. And I just think that's foolish to let come out of your lips, because those guys are good enough to get hot for one more weekend. Yeah, and Tiger even talked about hey, it. He's uh, said that he's ready to to win another major. So, yeah. I mean, he'll get there. You know, he has the talent. Um, you know, he is young enough. He's strong. He works out. Yeah, he still he hits a really long ball. Like, once he feels yeah, he, like he's you know putting everything together, you know, then he'll be un- He could be a force to reckon with. I won't say unstoppable, but I mean that course. Looked like it was uh, in worse shape than Partridge Run in Canton, New York. I mean, everybody <laughs> saw that. There wasn't a green fairway in the place. It's like, what, they run the water in Scotland or what? Yeah, it's Lynx golf, man. Yeah, yeah, fucking Lynx. So a lot of wind. Everything gets dried out over there. They're next to the ocean always, so it's Yeah, it's not a fescue. Like, yeah. Francisco Malinari, is that how you say his name? He's been on fire. Italian guy. Yeah, you, you guys it. see the pictures? Like uh, I think it was from like 2006 or 2007. That he was he was like a caddy for somebody, and there were some pictures of floating around of him talking. Like it was a Tiger Woods was in the same picture because Molinari, who won this British Open, used to be a uh, used to be a caddy up to like 2006, 2007. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. They, 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 cool. They, I saw a picture on Twitter. Like it was a picture of. Molinari talking to his talking to his guy as a caddy, and Tiger was like right in the background. So I think it was kind of like a a riff on Tiger, like you know. Did you guys I was see a that, caddy. that tournament where uh, Jack Nicholson was playing and his grandson, I think, was caddying? 
and like it was some sort of it's the master draft. It, was it the master? <laughs> yeah, it was at the part three yeah, Wednesday before the masters. Yeah, they do a part three thing. Yeah. I thought you were joking at first. The, everyone's grandson Eddie's for him at the Masters Part Three course. I no, mean, this kid took a swing. this kid took a swing and <laughs> nailed the hole in one. So yeah, I think there's two people. Tony Fanu got a hole in one on the same fucking hole. Took, Tony Fanu. Oh, and he ran down the fairway and fucking all. Pretty much broke his ankle. You guys don't remember that? Oh, I do, oh, I do remember that. Yeah. yeah, that was the same hole. Speaking of running with the Fitbit Challenge we have going on here at the Blue Line Hockey Club, uh, Uncle Lardy's been uh, getting some steps in. Ah, I'm stretching yeah. right now. Feeling good. Rob had seven steps today on his Fitbit. So yeah, that was with the cane. Good. With the cane, yeah. So He's gone from his walker to his cane, though, so we got to get him. Five minutes walking. Who who can beat that? He's advancing. He's advancing. Does walking in water count? That's, like, that's big 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 Actually, tomorrow I'm doing therapy in the pool with this uh, 88-year-old. That, that's our plan to do 30 minutes of walking in the pool. Why wouldn't walking in the water? <laughs> Seriously, though, why wouldn't walking right, in Rob. the water count? If I'm going to walk on the road and it's easier for me to walk in a pool, why wouldn't I just walk in the pool? I think it's just the whole walk part. You said walk four times. Well, I was running in there. I got my heart rate up for sure. Okay. Did you get a heart on? I did get a little bit of <laughs> trouble. Well, that, it was cold. But you get that current going and and it stimulates it. Yeah, you just you just got to go up to the filter. Oh, <laughs> that's a, you got some experience. You have to bring the peanut butter out, Ralph. Uh, poor, poor Ava. Yeah, have a female there for the the blower that comes out. But anyways, so if you uh, if you're getting if you're getting into the Fitbit challenge, um, get on our Facebook page to let us know what you're doing for your exercise. We're getting uh, we're getting after it here at the Blue Line Hockey Club, getting back in shape. Yeah, and uh, Mark was going to touch on the uh, fantasy. Were we going to do some fantasy, Mark? Yeah, we're going to get into uh, some fantasy hockey, actually, fantasy football as well. Uh, fantasy football is going to be coming up first. So start checking out some of your, your NF NFL teams and get on there and see who you think you want to pick for your fantasy football league that will be starting at the Blue Line Hockey Club. And then uh, also coming up in the near future, we're going to have a NHL fantasy. So. Just get on there and see if you can beat the champs of the Blue Line Hockey Club. You're probably going to be able to beat Robbie. But. We'll have a link on there, so uh, just click on the link and uh, sign up. We'll have a, uh, a league name and a username or password. Whoever uh, wins will get some uh, free Blue Line Hockey Club gear. Yeah, and we also have uh, some 2-4 hockey gear that we'll be giving out. So uh, if you get on 24hockey.com, you'll be able to check out some of that stuff that we'll have to give away. We're also going to be having some new hot Blue Line Hockey Club hats and shirts coming out very soon. So get on Facebook, Twitter, check us out, share us, retweet us, get us some exposure out there in Canada and the United States All and Russia. Facebook, snap, Snapchat stuff. And Snapchat, Instagram, Russia. Russia. Cool. And until next time, folks. Keep your stick on the ice. See ya! Sweeto!
Keep your head up. Yeah. Out.